This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Well, welcome back to Your Next Step. You know, today we're taking that next step on the real promise. We've been talking about Abe or Abraham. If you've missed any of the two earlier lessons, go to our podcast and uh, subscribe. Subscribe today, share it with a friend, but you can you can catch up. What we're looking at is how God had a real promise with his people. And what we want to really look at today is how do you and I go from being idol followers, people that look to human answers for the world's problems to looking to God. See, the real issue is this. When we trust an idol, we're trusting something that man has made, that man has created, and we think that somehow this human creation will solve our problem. Well, Abraham had to leave that behind. God's people have always been asked to leave behind the idols, the ways of the past, and to follow him. That's probably one of the hardest parts of the promise, because you have to let go of the known, our brokenness. I, you know, I talk to people all the time, and they're like, well, in my family growing up, we behaved this way. Well, when you follow God, when you follow Jesus, when you follow the promise the way Abraham did, you have to leave that behind, and all you have is the Word, the promise of God. See, what is God taking you to? He's taking you to a life of promise, relying on His Word, and we're going to We're going to take some time to look at that today. Join me in this journey of following God away from the idols. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. When we look at the Jewish people and and Abraham as the beginning of that, we're like, it's not fair that they're the chosen people. Why did God choose them? And that's the scandal that we're struggling with. We're, We're upset about it. And this Bible teacher said, well, it's kind of like a father who comes home from work and he's brought candy for his children. Now, there's a couple of ways he can do this. And what we want is this. We say things, well, why did God just have to go to the Jewish people? Why couldn't he send, uh, why couldn't he go to one person among every tribe, every people, every group, and he'd do it that way. And a father could, a father could come home And he could hand each child individually one candy bar. But instead, the father came home and he handed a bag of candy to the first child that came to him when he came through the door. And he said, I've got some candy for you and your brothers and sisters, and I'd like for you to take it and share it with them. Tell them daddy loves them and give them some candy. Now, why would a father do that? A father would do that because he would want his children to understand the importance of receiving and giving and sharing and being a part of the story and the love. And the reason that God has chosen to do it this way is because you have received a gift from him and he wants you to be a part of the family. And in his family, we give away 
what he has given to us to others. We share. We're kind. We're like our Father. And I believe that's a great way of understanding it. So let's get into Abraham and what we can learn from him, a real person in the Word of God that can impact our real lives. We can relate to him. I love this. It says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This week I was talking with my dad, I, uh, and I said, Dad, do you have any advice for me, any recommendation? We've been talking about the world and how broken it is, okay? And my dad just said, well, Doyle, all I can tell you is this. When I read the Bible and I pray and I look at this, I'm just convinced we're in the last days. And I said, well, what's your advice? He said, well, your advi- my advice to you is this. Learn to listen to God. Learn to recognize God's voice and follow his voice. His voice his, your relationship with him is the only thing that's going to carry you through this time period. Know God's voice, recognize his voice, and listen. And right here we are with Abraham. Abraham's story began with God's voice in his life and his being willing to be obedient to that. Now, I realize the world in which you and I live, they scoff at that. They'll mock us. They'll make fun of us for believing that we can hear the voice of God. But I hear people all the time who tell me things like this. They don't even believe in God. And they'll say, I did such and such, and I just knew it was the right thing to do. Well, how'd you know? I don't know. It was like a voice inside of me. Are you crazy? No, we understand that language. Because every one of us is designed within, within us, we have this ability to recognize maybe I ought to do the right thing here. Well, Abraham is the, the beginning of that faith run of learning to recognize God's voice and responding to it. And, and some of you say, well, can God talk to me when I don't believe in God? Well, I hope so. He created you. He designed you for a relationship with him. Even though you don't believe in him, he can be talking to you. How do I know this? Because I used to try to ignore my mother and she still kept talking to me and I knew she was there. <laughs> oh, you had a mother like mine. See, Abraham recognized God's voice. Now, what did God ask him to do? He said, I want you to leave your home. I want you to go. Now, let me tell you something. Talk about something that's... that's, that's not appealing to most of us. What did God do? God uprooted Abraham from everything he knew, uprooted his life, and took him to another place. And, and let me just tell you, from personal experience, I've been uprooted by God multiple times. And the first times he does it to you, it is just like, wow, I can't believe this, you know? It's so hard, but now, now I've gotten to this point and I'm like, okay, God, if I, need, <clears throat> if I need to be uprooted, it must be a good thing and I just trust you. But at first it's really hard. I mean, I remember being uprooted in college, you know? I remember, I remember going from one college to the next and it was God in the middle. I was in a good place. A lot of, can I tell you this? Sometimes when God uproots you, it's not because where you are is a bad place. 
I was doing godly things. Good things were going on. Now, sometimes we're in a bad place. We know it. But we don't want to leave the bad place. And we're like kicking and screaming when God is saying you got all this. All I can tell you is this, is if right now you feel like, all right, God is beginning to say, I need to move you, or you're in the midst of it right now. Maybe right now you feel like, oh man, God has been uprooting me over the last six months. It's this process he's been going through. I feel like right now I'm on a truck, you know, United Van Lines is in the middle of hauling me somewhere. And, and you're getting banged around. Or some of you feel like, well, I've just got to this new place and I'm getting, that's a different part of it. But see, that's what Abraham had to go through. Just understand this. Your father in heaven who loves you sometimes will take you. Read Psalm 1. A tree transplanted is what it says there. The blessed life has transplanting involved. And so God will move you from where you are. All right. Genesis chapter 12, verse six, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who has appeared to him. This is why the Jewish people have returned home. I've got a picture for you. This is 1986 of me when I met, went to Shechem. And um, I want to show you where Abraham went to. That's a picture of me. Uh, same hair, good hair, always good hair. All right. <laughs> and over to my left, you'll see a round circle. Maybe hard for some of you guys to see over here. But, but, but that's Shechem. Now, this is a whole huge valley. And, and up here on the left, you see these trees. This is Mount Gerizim. And on the other side of the valley is Mount Ebal. Now, these two mountains is where God brought the people of Israel after they came out of Egypt. They're taking the land and Joshua brings them in. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 15, 16, and 17. And he puts half the people on Mount Gerizim and half the people on Mount Ebal over there. Ebal is bald, no trees growing on. Okay? And he says, if you will hear my voice and you will obey me, I will make you a blessed people. But if you ignore me and choose your own way, you will be cursed. And that's how he tells them, choose to obey my voice. Now, this is where God planted that promise in the midst of time and history and humanity. And the well is still there at Shechem. And as you can see, people still live there. And you and I have a choice. We can be like Abraham and we can listen to God's voice. Think about this. The people of Israel, they, they were planted in Egypt and God transplanted them and brought them back to the promised land. Listen, I don't know where you are right now, but if you are being, if you are being shaken up and the dirt's being shaken off your roots, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, because he's doing something in your life. He's doing something. Okay? In Genesis 22, the Lord visits Abram again, and this time he shows him the stars of the sky. And he says, Abram, he's changing his name now. All the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. You have obeyed me. What's he doing? He changes Abraham's identity. 
He says, Abraham, you've left your past and you've come to follow me. I'm giving you a new identity. I'm working through your life. And if you will continue to obey me, if you'll continue to listen to my voice, if you'll continue, this is my promise to you. I will not just bless you. I'll bless the whole world through you. Now, why is that important? Because you and I need to understand that God's blessing in your life is not for you alone. God blesses you to bless others. God is looking for a people that will pass out his love, his hope, and his new life. But you have to obey him. And I'm sorry, but it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But what's God wanting to do? God's people. He wants to make a family under his leadership. See, when God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, if you can obey my voice, then you can be a part of my family. He's trying to make us family under his leadership, under his identity. And when you and I, we come from broken families, every one of us in this room, every one of us, I include myself in that. Abraham's family was just as messed up as yours and mine. We look at ourselves and say, no way God could use me. My family's a wreck. God gives you a new family. Doesn't mean you still aren't part of their family. All right? Listen, you may not like your family. They're still your family. And when God brings you into his family, you may say, well, I don't like the church. <laughs> we family now. I've heard my brothers every once in a while complain about me. Little brother this, little brother that. I said, you didn't choose me, God did. You see, you and I have to learn to love our family. And guess what? Sometimes the church ain't perfect. One of the things that God talks about is the, is the family of God. That's what God has always called us. And what God said to Abraham is, I'm going to make you part of a family. Now, if you've come from a broken family, it's been hurtful in this life, I want you to know something. We won't be perfect. The church won't be perfect. Okay? But what I can tell you is this. We're going to get it right some of the time. And we're going to love you as much as possible. And we all need a family. What did, how did Jesus teach, teach the disciples to pray? He said, pray, our Father in heaven. Because God wants us to be a part of his family. Let me tell you a little bit about Abraham's story. Abraham, the Bible tells us about Abraham and how he left Ur of the Chaldees. And I think one of the, one of the things that, that, that we struggle with over Abraham is we think that his life was perfect. It wasn't. In Joshua, Joshua's gathering the people around him and he's trying to direct them as they go into this new land and all this. And he, and he reaches back into history and tells them where they came from. In your notes, I gave you this. It's from Joshua chapter 24 too. This is where Abraham produces this great nation many years later. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. So Joshua now is now speaking in a prophetic voice. This is what God says about Abraham, all right? Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. 
God says, you need to know, this all started, this all started with Terah, an idol worshiper, a false worshiper. Now, what's it mean to be an idol worshiper? It means that they look to a source other than God to be the source for their life. You and I can be idol worshipers. We can, we can worship material things. We can, we can, we can worship, we can think that, that, that drugs or alcohol will give us peace. Trust me, it won't, okay? We can think that a relationship will give us peace. Those are all false idols. What God says is you've got to worship me. The Jewish rabbis, when they talk about Terah, you know what they say he was? They say that he was actually an idol maker. Yeah. That Abraham was born into a wealthy household in an urban world that made their living off of selling people false gods. And so when God takes the the people of Israel into the land, he says, please don't do that. Please do not go back to worshiping false gods. Please do not begin to believe that any source other than me can meet your life. And every time you and I look to a source other than God to bring us hope, peace, and life, we're looking to an idol. And we can even idolize ourselves. Please know this, okay? We can believe that we can solve all our problems. Listen, if I could solve all my problems, I would have done it. I needed help. I needed help. And God has been my help. And that's what I invite you to. And that's what, that's what Abraham had to learn. Now, what happened? Abraham leaves there. He leaves Ur of the Chaldees, and, and then he makes his way to, to Shechem, where we said. He gets into the promised land, and he's like builds an altar there. He's doing really good. Now, this is what I want you to remember about Abraham. It's a great comfort to me. Abraham did not always get it right. Did you hear me? The reason I know that the story of Abraham is not fiction because it always having get it, get it, he'd have him get it right all the time. It tells us his flaws, his mistakes. But let me tell you this about Abraham. He did get it right when it mattered. See, you don't have to always get it right, but you do need to get it right when it matters. So when does it matter? When it matters is this, is when you're trusting God for your hope of your life, when you're trusting God for your future and your salvation. What do I mean about when he didn't get it right? He gets into the land, he finds Shechem, he builds an altar there, he worships God. Thank you, God, you've led me to the land. I found where you were leading me to. So he knew within himself, he recognized he was in the place that God wanted him to be. Then a famine hits. A famine hits. A tough day, a hot day, a dry day. Doesn't matter, whatever you want to call it. And suddenly, what does he do? His first decision is to go to Egypt. Now, why does he go to Egypt? Because they had a big city. See, Abraham was a city boy. You say, well, how do you know he was a city boy? Because you don't sell idols in an open field where there's a bunch of grass. You need people that buy idols. Okay? You cannot sell Coca-Cola's in the middle of a field in nowhere if no one's out there hiking. And you don't sell idols that way. He was a city dweller. 
And when God called him out and uprooted him, he took him away from the posh life, the nice life, the beautiful life. And he said, you're going to be a shepherd. You're going to live in a tent. Well, God, I thought you were going to bless me. Did you know them sheep stink? Did you know they smell 24-7? And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you and I, we go from where God has us, he transplants us, and we said, you know, my new life kind of stinks. Yep. But are you going to rely on me? If you thought God's blessing in your life meant that everything was going to be rosy and sweet smelling, you might not have been listening to God. What did Satan say to Jesus? He said, hey, if you'll worship me, I'll give you all this. See, that's the tempter. What God says is, if you rely on me, I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll be through the, the dark places and the light places. I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's what Abraham was in. Famine hits, and you know what he does? He runs to Egypt. Why does he run to Egypt? Because he thinks that, that city life is more secure. And he gets down there, and he's got this gorgeous babe of a wife. I believe that Sarah, I believe this, I believe that Sarah was actually a princess of the ancient world. She would have been a diva. She was more accustomed to city life and the bright lights and the red carpet than she was to tents and sheep. That's why she seems so grumpy when I read her in the Bible sometimes. All right? It's why I think Lot chose to go down by Sodom and Gomorrah. He grew up in the city, and that looked better than the hill country of Judea. Okay? So they come riding into Egypt, and um, Abraham leads over, I guess from his camel, and he says, when we get there, tell him you're my sister. Now, why is he saying that? Because she's an awesome babe. And he's worried they're going to kill him and take her. And what happens? As, as, as soon as the king sees her, he's like, wow. Whew. She's a goddess. She's a goddess. This, this woman, I, I, there's no one else like her. And he takes her in. Why, why, why can she do it? Why can she, why can she handle that world? She knows that world. She's not thrown by it. She's been worshiped before. Now what's the problem with this? This is when they're missing God. They're going back to trusting in themselves and it gets them in a whole world of hurt. They finally figure it out and they have to repent. That's why I say, Abraham missed it at times, but he got it when it counted. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently 
and agree in your heart that God might move. Today, we want to take some time to pray for our prayer life to increase. Heavenly Father, we we come before you right now because we're like the disciples that sat with Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And God, we want to learn how to pray. And, and, and we know the, the Lord's prayer. And, and so the, the prayer that we need has to come from you, Father. We're praying that you would begin to anoint us. Jesus, you said if we ask for a gift, that we would get it. That if we ask for the Holy Spirit, we would get the Holy Spirit. If we ask for an egg, we would get an egg. We wouldn't get a scorpion. And so we're asking you right now, Father, we're asking you to pour out your Holy Spirit on us and begin to give us a, a hunger and a thirst for prayer. God, begin to teach Teach us how to pray. Lord, our world needs a church, a people that is that is holy and pleasing to you, that would pray for your kingdom to become and your, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and Lord, we need to be aware of the, the sins and the temptations of this world. And we're asking you right now to speak to us so that in prayer we might confess our sins and be set free, so that in prayer we would have our daily bread, so that in prayer our nation would change so that in prayer our families and our our workspaces and our schools and our lives would be transformed father when we see the world around us we see a world in need of you and we've been speechless and we ask you to forgive us now begin to give us the words to pray over our families and over our nation and over our world God, forgive us for our prayerlessness and begin now, Lord, to awaken us at night. We give you permission to awaken us at night to pray. Awaken us in the morning to pray. May we begin to pray more and more every day. May we become a people of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.